friends. Welcome back to Changing Company Podcast for Season 3. Over the next 10-week series, I'm really looking forward to sharing some of the new voices and dialogue to, as always, continue the conversation in hopefully unique and challenging and even inspiring ways. So we are kicking off uh, the first couple episodes with some interviews that I am so grateful for that I did with uh, Deet Iman and Irene Butter earlier this year. And I, I met Deet by happenstance of a friend who mentioned meeting a Holocaust survivor at a senior care facility right here in my hometown of Grand Rapids. And Deet is 99 years old, and uh, she was a Christian living in Holland during World War II. Her and her fiance actually founded a secret resistance group that helped hide and feed and, and rescue the Jewish people being persecuted uh, by the Nazis after Hitler took over her country. And Deet watched as, as her fiancé and all of her friends were executed and she survived prison and a concentration camp and starvation and, and, and later even went to nursing school and took the first opportunity to, to leave Europe and head to South America during the oil boom in Venezuela. And, and, and her stories are just, they're, they're difficult, they're filled with, with pain and grief, but, but also with... Uh, with a lot of wisdom and, and inspiration and, and joy. And so this, this conversation, I just want to share a brief snippet of, of, of my talk with her and, and, and hopefully in, in a bit of my hopes just to, just to keep these stories from the past alive and share some insight into what they have to teach us in the context of today. And Deet does have a very heavy Dutch accent, so we did do our best with the audio to help our listeners out. But um, if you're like me and you wanted to just know more of her story, you can find it in her book. Uh, it's called The Things We Couldn't Say by Deet Iman, D-I-E-T-E-M-A-N. And uh, the next episode, we will then follow up this conversation when we dive into our conversation with Irene Butter and her book. Uh, who was actually a Jewish survivor of the Holocaust, in part uh, thanks to the secret work of people like Deet. And so I hope these, I hope these conversations inspire you to reflect on our own, you know, your own lives and, and how we can bring greater peace in, in a world so divided by hostility today. The whole name? Yeah. Bergendina, Rulofina, Hendrika. And now, where were you born and what year? In The Hague in 1920. 1920, what was the country? The, the Hague in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands? Okay. And The Hague is the big city where all the embassies are. It's not the capital, and the capital is Amsterdam. Okay. But this is where all the, it's a beautiful city because every country was there, all the embassies, so they wanted to outdo each other. So it was a beautiful city. And what year were you born? 1920. 1920. In two years, if I make it, <laughs> I'll be 100. <laughs> 100. That's amazing. And I go every year to the Dominican Republic. I'm fluent in Spanish because I lived 10 years in Venezuela. In Venezuela. Yeah, and I was an RN, and none of the doctors could speak English. And of course, they couldn't speak Dutch, so they spoke Spanish. So I had already, in the Netherlands, when you go to high school, nobody's just, it's smaller than Rhode Island. 
smaller than the whole Rhine. Netherlands. So we nobody studies Dutch, but we are a business country. So then uh, we learned all in school. We had every four years in high school, every day an hour of German, French, and English, and your own Dutch. We had loads of homework. And then at the end, you had to do an examen for the government, not for uh, our own uh, professors. And then we had to uh, read 10 books in each language. In 1940, uh, Germany was already taking, Hitler was taking all those countries. He took uh, Denmark and he tried to take Sweden, but they've put up a fight. My brother lived in Sweden, so he was there. And uh, he, he was over the whole, he took part in the whole Europe. And he was terrible because he hated the Jews. And he started all rules that uh, the Jewish people had the big yellow stare on, on their clothes. And they were, had to have special thickness on their false paper. And I'll go later and get one. And uh, on that false paper, there was a J, and you had to have a yellow star on. So everybody knew right away that this is you. So we told uh, I had a close friend. My family was very musical. We had an organ and a piano, and my brother played beautiful cello. And so there was always music, and I had a, a Jewish friend who played beautiful violin, and we had no violin. We had an, uh, an uh, what was Albert? Oh, yeah, he had a cello. So it was always music in our house. And then all of a sudden, my friend, the Jewish friend, couldn't, he said, did. We, will, we have to wear the star, and we may not visit non-Jews. And I said, the heck with Hitler, you come, you know, if you sin. He said, no, we can't do it because of your parents also. And my parents said, the heck, you can come. But he said, no, I don't want to bring others in, in danger. So he and his sister didn't come anymore. And then we were not allowed to visit Jewish people. I mean, it were ridiculous rules. And you can't believe it, that one person can do so much evil, you know. First, they got a notice home that they had a report on train stations. And there they were, all the Jews were lo loaded in trains, and they disappeared. We didn't know where they were. And the rumor was spread out, they uh, do only harm. The Jews, they have to be in a camp altogether and that we can check what they are doing. Now, they were not doing any, they were the business people that are the Jewish people, it was horrible. And I was dating a wonderful guy, he was the head later of our, of our group, and he was killed in Dachau by Hitler, just nine days before our marriage. So that was terrible. Anyway, uh, that was your fiance. Yeah, Heinz Sitzma. And I had this ring because when you get engaged, you get a ring. And then in the Netherlands, when you marry, it goes from this finger to that finger. But we never got married with the heavy ring. I, 
we were so deeply in love. And he was the leader of our resistance group. We were nine guys in total, and only men survived. And all my friends were killed, and they didn't want to live anymore either. But God doesn't ask if you want to live, yes or no. part of a resistance group. Can you tell me about that? Well, the guys were, I was the only girl, but I had to carry the, the, the weapons. revolvers and the weapons. And also we started spying because England wanted to know. You were the one tasked with carrying the weapons because you said the, the, the guys women don't were. get searched. And when did you begin the process of trying to smuggle your friends out? Well, we had, we found out that Lisbon, you know, along the coast of Spain, mm -hmm. that country, there, there was nothing that was without politics. So if we got them there, but that was the Netherlands, Belgium, Spain, and then on the coast. So we had to, a whole system that here this guy picked up two or three and bought them. You had to get fake papers for your friends in order to, in essence, smuggle them to Spain? Yeah, we tried to uh, print the same thing, you know. At one point, people were arrested and we didn't know why. And then it turned out that the government, the Nazi government, had changed the deep blue, dark blue, that was nearly black, in real black. So then we didn't know that first, so people were arrested and we didn't know why. And then we found that out, that it was that the color then. So then we had to get others again. I mean, <laughs> and like I say, we. We said we were robbed officers of the Germans. And then we prayed to God, bless our robbery. And he did. Every month we had to do that for, for nearly three and a half years. So we so were, you were robbing German offices. Well, you got only food when you went to the store. And then you had your ration card. And then you had to show that, and, th and then they cut that one out. That was for one week, or an hour, and was for a month. Depends what you had got on those cards. But all the food was on rations. It was terrible. And so you were, you were stealing food from the German office. If we had those cards, you could give that to the Jewish people and they could go, but they later couldn't because then they wish your rations. They wanted to see your real card, you know, your pers personnel card. And then that didn't work anymore. 1943, you're arrested and you're sent to, what was the name of the prison? Scheveningen. Okay. It's on there, does it say? Scheveningen. Yep, and then, and then you said you were sent to this concentration camp. Yeah, after. because then the Allies were bombing, and they didn't want us to be free. 
En they landed on the coast, so that's close to the Scheveningen, that is the harbor. And uh, then they brought us deeper into the country. Do you know how many people you helped save? I know that, that I by name, 61. I studied nursing and that was three years for a regular nurse and especially maternity was another year. So I took that too, so that took four years. So that was in 49. And then uh, I want to go out of the country. I have two horrible, horrible memories here. He says, do you want, he said, where do you want to go? Because he was a bitch shot. And he could say, I said, to South America. And he says, uh, would you like to go to Venezuela? They had just discovered oil fields there. And I said, well, what do they speak there? He said, Spanish. I said, I have many degrees in Spanish. He said, we don't talk, Father, you go to Venezuela. What is um, something you would wish to share with my generation? Well, in your life, when you're born till the day you die, that is not for nobody that it goes totally smooth and wonderful. You got somewhere in every life what I have seen, they got a, a, a load to bear. And that is also that you got either the closest to God or you turn away from God. They asked me often, would you like to skip that part in your life? And I said, no, because God was never closer to me than there. Thank you, friends, for spending this time with us. I want to give a special shout out to Jordan Gilliam for providing the music for all of our podcasts. And I hope you are able to join us next episode. Uh, when we sit down with Irene Butter and, and hear her side of the story. Mm -hmm.